Thank you for joining us on another special edition of the Comics Pals Reviews. This time we're going to be reviewing WandaVision. So the the time has finally come. We've got WandaVision out. Disney Plus has put out two episodes of the 30-minute Hardy, is that what we're calling Hardy. it? Hardy, <laughs> it's stinking. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We're we're trying to get that name over, uh, and we're going to be reviewing it. Um, we're going to review each and every episode here on this show for the next X amount of weeks, however long it takes for the show to resolve. We will be here providing review content for you guys. We and watched WandaVision. Wait, oh my god, that worked again. Oh, I thought that would not boom. be funny, but it is. <laughs> oh yeah, we watched Watchmen. Yeah, that was our... Yeah, yep. Just like we did with Watchmen, we're going to do the same thing if you guys joined us for our weekly series of reviews over there. This will be very similar to that. Uh, I am actually joined by Pete and Marco for this first outing. And uh, I think the simplest place for us to start here is to talk about how amazing it is to have MCU content again. Oh, my God. I, I, I genuinely am very excited to talk about this. Um, when when the, the opening credits roll started and everything and it was like something new, I was like, oh, man, this, yeah. is, this is a mood, you know? This yeah. really is a mood. It, it was one of the few shows or like pieces of content that I was like generally looking forward to. Um, so excited that it's like finally here. Um, I, when I was, when I went to sit down to watch it, I told Marina and she's like, Oh, you watching this for the past? I'm like, no, I actually, I actually wanted to like watch this, but like also, yes, but I also yeah. just generally want to watch this. I, I would say this is probably the only one that I was like actively hype for. You know, like I, I've really been looking forward to this series. Um, it it speaks to me, I think, pretty specifically because, like, obviously, it being kind of fresh and something different from what we've come to expect from the MCU, I think, is for me exciting enough. But the whole um, way that it's rooted in kind of like an homage to sitcoms, I love sitcoms. Big student of the sitcom, um, so there's like a lot here to appreciate on a kind of a meta level as well um that just hits me right where i live you know on the couch exactly <laughs> <laughs> so as was said this is a comedy um and each episode follows scarlet witch and vision as they appear to exist in some type of <laughs> oh bless you Wow, crazy. That's That's magic, dude. Some bewitch shit. (laughs) As they appear to exist in some type of alternate reality where Vision, of course, is still alive after we saw him uh, die at the hands of Thanos in Infinity War. And apparently they're in the 50s or the 60s, something along those lines. Um, And the first two issues really keep the characters... Within those bounds, they allude to more. They allude to something kind of going on that's a little darker, um, but they don't really push that button down all the way quite yet. Uh, and that's a very, very cool approach to a series like this because one of the brilliant things about WandaVision is how expertly they're able to create 
situations that are funny and feel right for for you know a sitcom, feel right for the era of sitcom that right. they're currently aping, but that also have meta commentary on yes. what's really going on. And for example, there's a moment where uh, Wanda tells uh, Vision that he's got an impenetrable head or an unbreakable head or something to that effect. And of course, it's it's a funny moment and it plays, but if you really know what's going on, you remember that Thanos crushed Vision's skull. So right. his head is actually not that unbreakable. Um, and there's a lot of that. And there's a lot of humor that's both light and fun, but also dark if you know what you're supposed to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way that it strikes a balance between those two tones and, and kind of plays with them, um, I think it's, like, expertly crafted. Like, I, So I guess top level, like, what we think about it, I, I love this show. Like, I, I fell in love with these first two episodes. I was into it, like, within a few minutes um, because I think one of the things that Phil brought up when we were talking about, I, I guess the last trailer – um, was, well, this could all just be marketing. Like, how much are they actually going to commit to this style? How much are they actually going to, um, or I guess, how far are they going to go with it, with this premise? And they go as pretty much as far as they can. Um, the thing I called out in our first image uh, trailer breakdown was how the entirety of the episode is, is in standard definition. Um, while it's in the yeah. black and white, right? And you see at the end of the first episode where you get the teasing of the real reality that it, it bleeds back into widescreen, right? As you enter back into the real world. Um, those little things, very cool. But then I also think, again, like I said, uh, student of the sitcom over here, like I've watched a lot of the shows that this is aping or, or taking inspiration from, like pretty religiously as a child because I was an insomniac and there was a limited amount of things on television. And, like, even just, like, small things like the way that um, uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Katherine Hahn's characters, like, there's that scene where they're going to meet with, like, the, the women's group, and they're walking with their, their arms, like, very, like, high, kind of like this. If you're not watching on YouTube, you can't see, like, their elbows up. That's, like, how all women walk in all those old shows. That's, like, how actresses walked, right? Because it's this delicate. Women wouldn't have their arms down and swinging, whatever, right? And, like, the way that the dialogue is delivered, right? Like, the voice that Elizabeth Olsen is putting on. Mm -hmm. Like, those little bits feel so, like, on the nose for, like, nailing the style and the tone of that, like, it's, like, kind of I Love Lucy, kind of Bewitched, you know? Um, and and I, I just think it's done so expertly. Like, they, they, they put the care and the thought into getting those little things right that if you notice them um you appreciate the extra work that went in and if you don't it establishes enough of a vibe that you get what you're what they're trying to get across anyway if you've right. never seen those shows you're like ah it's like the 50s i get it yeah and and that's i mean that's super cool and and you know keep in mind this is probably the most unique thing that we have seen from the MCU so far by a lot i would say yeah um, and I think the I think the creators the the writers deserve a ton of credit for what they've accomplished with these first two episodes. Um, I I do want to say that these are more 
they're more style and tone than subject because not a lot really happens. Uh, we, you can, like I said, you can tell that there's something below the surface that's happening. Yeah. There's still the question of whether or not characters are aware that they're in not reality, that, 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 that what they're seeing and dealing with is, isn't real, whether they're placating Wanda and vision or they're just, you know, under some type of spell. Yeah. And I love that question. Yeah. Right. Cause it's like, you get, you get clues as to what's going on and like how the mechanics of it are working, but I can't say with certainty, right? Like you have that moment uh, in the first episode where having the dinner with the boss and, like, they're catching holes in, like, the fact that they don't have an anniversary and they don't know how they met, right? And then there's, like, he's choking and there's that moment where his wife is, like, stuck, you know? And she's just, yeah. like... She's, like, looping. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you can feel, like, the... You can feel um, everybody's psyches kind of, like, brushing up against the walls of the cage, you know? And that's, like, fascinating. And... and Again, the way that it, it veers from that, like, classic 1950s sitcom tone that you know and you're comfortable with and is familiar, and then it just glides slowly into the horror themes is, like, it's such a great, uh, such a great juxtaposition. I, I definitely appreciate the way that even, like, the, the camera work starts to change because at that, that point where he starts to choke, uh, the camera is typically like single camera like it, it you know you just kind of get the table you get a couple angles here or there but then it gets like close to him and it's aimed up and the shadows in the back sort of change and the color starts to get darker the music shifts a little bit mm -hmm. um and, and then they have that sh that close-up shot on elizabeth olsen where she's like help him vision and it's yeah, like yeah, her yeah. breaking for that second is mm -hmm. awesome mm -hmm. well yeah. even even when um when the, the wife is saying stop it like that loop at some point she turns to uh to wanda and like begs for her to stop it because this is to some extent some manipulation on her part right where yeah. the the reason that he's choking is because uh of something that wanda is doing a everything in, in this reality has to do with a man being manufactured by wanda and that immediately changes the tone of everything because it, it, it becomes frightening and it's I, I think yeah i i didn't catch that moment john that you mentioned um about like the indestructible headpiece like that like that went over my head it just felt like a uh like an offhand you know, jokey comment especially for the the style of writing that they're going for mm -hmm. um but they introduced these other moments um like where with with color as well where you get unsettling unsettling beats um the toaster was blinking red right yeah the the plane the little helicopter the helicopter toy and she's like freaked out by it and uh for me one of my favorites was when uh the the beekeeper like at the end pops up like it, there's just there's just these moments where there's such uh, tone shifts that works so well because of the era that we're in which is supposed to be you know playful it's supposed to be um the the facade gets broken so well that it becomes unsettling in the way that it's represented to us 
Well, and that um, seeing those moments where you see her in control, right? Where you're you're not kind of not sure how in control she is, right? Because even in the, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's the first episode. It might be the second one. It's the point where she's getting the, there's the someone trying to communicate with her through the radio. Second, the second episode. one, yeah, and yeah. and they're like, "Who's the doing this to you, Wanda? Like, what's who's doing this? Listen to us." And and then you get those moments where you're like, "But it seems like she's doing it. It doesn't seem like someone's doing this to her." Right. Um. And to me, the beekeeper moment like solidified that right because like she sees it and she goes, "No, stop!" and rewinds everything. And then she's like, "This is what I want." <sighs> that was wild. That was like, dude, I like I I've always liked Elizabeth Olsen fine. Um, I've never been like super blown away by her performance as Scarlet Witch and like the range that she's showing in this. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in love with this performance. Like she is nailing this, you know, she's, she's my favorite MCU (laughs) character. I've, I've been in love with Scarlet Witch since day one. And I mean, I'm in love with Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal. I'm in love with Elizabeth Olsen. Like she's doing such a great job that um, we, you're right. Her performances only scratch the surface of what she could do. Yeah. And for me, she was already doing great. So this is like another level. And I also think Paul Bettany deserves a lot of credit as Vision yeah, because yeah. he's typically portraying a character who is very stiff, very logical, doesn't really stray from. <laughs> you know, making dry comments, and now he's being played for laughs. And there's so many good vision uh, moments. like Him when getting he, drunk when... on the gum thing? Right. I thought that was that so was fucking funny. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Sean, I really thought you were going to say that Elizabeth Olsen was your favorite Olsen sister. She is. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. By far. Yeah. I don't even care about Mary-Kate and Ashley. Who? <laughs> exactly. The the um, the bits that that Paul Bettany plays, I think it, it's so good, especially because um, he's supposed to be robotic, right? And like obviously they comment on on all those things and him being rigid and everything, but the way that he also tries to purposefully fit in into um, the into the situations that he that he's in, I think also play a little bit to what's going on with with wanda like as much as she's in control of the world she's also manipulating the the minds of the people that she loves and interacts with to fit the roles that they need to be fitting Mm. Uh, the only question that i had had in that was um where the tree was sort of hitting against the the window and then in the end he shows like a genuine concern for her when the beekeeper shows up um yeah yeah so to, to what extent even is uh, is she in control of some of the characters, which I think you alluded to earlier, Sean, like uh, control of the individual actors in the show, quote unquote. Right. And I, I think that that question is going to be one of the things that really drives the show forward as far as keeping you coming back on a week to week basis. One of the things that we discussed about these MCU shows on the, on our you know regular podcast was that um, these shows might not be able to keep people coming back week to week. You know, if it gets a little too samey, um, if, if it's just an MCU movie stretched out across eight hours, maybe people, people aren't as interested in that. Um, but here, I really don't feel like that's the case. You have the hook, right? The hook is mm-hmm. every week you're going to see them in a, a 
apparently a different decade. Every week we're going to get closer and closer to the truth and the unraveling of this, you know, reality that Scarlet Witch has crafted um, in which she can exist with vision. And these characters who we know are on the show, like uh, Monica Rambeau and uh, Kat Dennings' Darcy character, that are going to start to influence the show and what's going on. I forgot I that think, she was going to show up. Yeah, exactly. Like Fuck. so much is promised that has yet to occur. And because it's going to be episodic in nature, like the, the, the formula of it is an episodic uh, format with the sitcoms that it's aping. So it's going to have the content for people to come back to like the, the, the dinner party, you know, totally makes sense for the era the the magic show we have to fit in with whatever totally makes sense like whatever the next iteration of that is it's going to be self-contained within the episode but the undercurrents are what's going to be driving the longer narrative which is i excellent in my opinion like that combination is perfect yeah yeah i i almost wish they had spent a little more time in in this era but yeah I was really like digging it and at the fact that we got the first two episodes right away it's like oh it's already over shoot Um, but I am interested to see how they leverage those different eras and like how the characters evolve and like, what, like, what is the reasoning that she's doing that? Like, is it, does she change it every time, uh, that they get close to getting through to her and she's resetting the pieces for, you know what I mean? Like the mystery of why this is happening is very interesting to me too. Um, because, uh, something that I thought was cool um, you know, because there was like those commercials and everything that were like in universe commercials, uh, and there was like the bewitched intro in the second episode and everything. Mm-hmm. I liked how at the end of the first episode they show whoever it is at Sword that's watching her. Um, yes, the the credits are rolling, so like she she is intentionally fabricating a television scenario i love it which adds a layer of depth to it that i think is really interesting and that was something that was so cool about the presentation is that um they don't when they show the credits they don't even say the names of the actors they say the names of characters the characters right which is so cool and it very much is like at the end of the episodes when you peel when you pull back from that it's like oh that's this is now reality like it it actually was jarring um where like you see the sword person or whatever whoever's watching her i was like whoa because it 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 looks so different it feels so different the colors are so different it's just it's just different and i love how they're able to use the standard mcu look to be a contrast to the way that the show is being presented. Yeah. That you know how the MCU is supposed to look. So you know this is wrong. They don't even need to explain it. You just know. Yeah. That's so smart. It and that's the kind wrong. of that's like that's that comic book stuff, right? Where like they play on your intimate awareness of the of the medium to be able to break it. And so you know that something is is amiss. Even the way that they'll play with like gutters and comics and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they're doing here. And I, I'm so impressed by that. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. Um, something I thought was interesting too, uh, Collider had an Easter egg breakdown. And one of the things they called out was that in that, um, 
that scene that you're talking about where the, the credits are rolling and we're back in the sword lab. Um, or I mean, presumably, right? There's a sword logo on the notebook and the computer. Uh, the director of the episode is Abe Brown, who in the comics is uh, a member of the Sons of the Tiger, who were from the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, which is like a martial arts series that Marvel had. So like, you know, obviously we know that Shang-Chi is coming. Like maybe that uh, is a nod to what, you know, like who knows? Um, so yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting because uh, they're, they're like Iron Fist related characters, I think, but also Shang-Chi is kind of in there as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, you got to imagine that's a nod to Phase 4 or something. Um, and there's a lot of other really cool ones. Like they called out, uh, in the, um, in the intro, that's like aping the bewitched thing. There's that scene where she's in the grocery store and behind her, there's an ad for Bova milk. And, uh, Bova is another character who's a sentient cow and was the midwife yes. who helped deliver Wanda and, uh, Pietro. Yep. What? So, yeah. It's like cool. There's like she's... all these cool little things snuck in the background too. She's, uh, I'm actually, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I thought she was a product of the high evolutionaries uh, machinations. But um, yeah, that's love, what it's saying in Collider. So yeah, I love all the um, I love all the Easter eggs and different things. I can't get out of this episode without mentioning Emma Caulfield. Uh, mm. She plays Dottie in the episode, and. I love Emma Caulfield from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you're a fan of that show, you'll obviously remember her rendition of the character Anya. What's so cool about this, and this is an Easter egg that is exclusive to Buffy fans, in the show Buffy, Anya is a character that is extremely awkward in the sense that she doesn't understand human social conventions so she doesn't know what's appropriate and inappropriate at any given time so she'll just say the first thing on her mind on the show her character is the exact opposite her character is extremely about like what's appropriate and yeah like, in this in this um in wandavision so i just thought that was pretty funny that is cool um how they flipped that but uh yeah one other one I wanted to call out was um, – I mentioned there was those commercials earlier. There was the first one was for the Stark toaster. Uh, then the next one was for uh, a Strucker watch. Of course, um, Baron Strucker, right, uh, creator of AIM. And uh, the the bee – the beekeeping thing, like that's a that's an AIM connection too, right? Yeah, uh, and actually even further than that um... – Baron Strucker was their handler. He was the handler of Scarlet. Oh right, Lucia. duh. Yeah, yeah. fuck. Yep. Yeah. So that's cool. There's all there's all kinds of like little shit woven in the background here. It's like it's funny because you know, I, I, I just watched these uh this morning, a few hours ago, and like between talking about it and like reading the collider thing to like try to see if there were any Easter eggs I had missed, I'm like, I wanna go watch this again. And like peel pick through and see if there's anything else i can find yeah yep and i and i encourage everybody who is watching this show to absolutely you know pay close attention because i think if you're a fan of the mcu in general and it's and doubly so probably if you're a fan of comics there's a lot of things here for you to pick up on 
Um, one thing you will notice, though, about this review that we're doing for these two episodes specifically is that we're not talking about we're not talking a lot about what happened. We're not talking a lot about the story of the episodes because they're not really about that. And if I had any criticism whatsoever of these episodes, it's that it's something that works in the episode's favor, but also works against them a little bit, which is they do a tremendous job of setting up the premise. They do a tremendous job of establishing this reality that Scar the Witch has apparently created um, and fitting in all the, all the meta commentary and things like that. But it the story isn't really like driven forward and in like meaningful ways um outside of what i just described so the story of each episode is a very linear sitcom type of setup that starts and resolves essentially within that episode Mm -hmm. and then there's a longer story that is clearly what we're all here for as it relates to the mcu implications I think on I don't what, what what reality are you talking about? I mean, I, we must have seen different shows because I I mean in the beginning we had it's to a make delightful sure that comedy. Yeah, I don't know what you could possibly be talking about. Like, hello, he was about to get fired. He could have he he, but now he's up for promotion. Like, that's big. You know what's so funny about that dude? I don't know if this was intended at all, but uh, Paul Bettany thought he was being fired when he was actually called up uh, to talk about Wandavision. They asked him to come in, and he really? thought he was being fired. Why? And they said, well, we're doing WandaVision. Because Vision died. He oh, didn't know what was coming next. That's True. funny. True. Yeah. That is funny. Um, So just to, uh, I guess, to, to respond to that point, Sean, I think um, I, I don't agree that that's – not to say I don't agree. I don't feel like I'm critical of the show for that because I think for these two episodes – I think it was really important to be light on the plot because I think that that is why they're able to sell you so much on the two aesthetics that they're balancing is because they just straight up hard commit and give you two episodes of this as the old school sitcom, right? And like now that we're kind of transitioning into the next era, I'm thinking we're going to see like it get a little bit more focused as we keep going because I feel like those first two episodes are to lull you in on the, like into that false sense of security and sell you on the premise and be like, this is the vibe. Like, this is how it feels. Now we're subverting it. You know? I also think it was very wise on their part to release these together because, um, as you said now we're all hip to what it is Mm -hmm. whereas had these released one week and then episode two next week um that might have felt a little bit bad at least for me so the fact that they put these two out there it was an they're an enjoyable piece they go clearly go together now it remains to be seen like how they're going to drive the story forward um and integrate some of those other characters we talked about I don't know, though, how much or how long it's going to take to get to that point, because on IMDb, we have the uh, amount of episodes that each actor is actually in. And so we know for a fact the show is a nine episode show and um, Kat Dennings is in five. Um, Tiana Paris, who plays Monica Rambeau, is also in five. Jimmy Woo is in five. So these are critical characters who are going to be a part of the 
the real world trying to infiltrate and break Scarlet Witch and Vision out. And they're only in half of the episodes. Mm. So we've seen two of them already, two more where they won't be present. I'm wondering if the next two episodes will be more of the same. Yeah, it could be. Like you think we we're, we're we're spending time outside of the the world, or you mean that? I I guess can you clarify how do you mean? Yeah, so I I just mean like I think that the next two episodes will probably show us more of the Wanda Vision comedy sitcom premise, and then after that, the remaining five will start to bleed and blend those okay. two worlds together in a more serious way gotcha okay i think that probably makes sense um my personal last thought is you know i've been wondering for a while now just how akin to the vision comic book this would be and while i certainly can tell and believe that the vision comic book inspired elements of this show um especially as it relates to the darker like humor and things like that um, the Vision comic had a lot of that stuff, um, although it wasn't always humorous. I actually feel like this is more of a Scarlet Witch story akin to House of M. Yes. Especially mm-hmm. the earlier portions of House of M, where you really see how fragile and broken Scarlet Witch's mind is. And that's a pretty dark turn for that character. So with that in mind... As we go forward, I'm looking for how dark they're willing to go with Scarlet Witch. How are they going to pull her out of this? And whether or not it really is Doctor Strange who does have to come in and teach her how to control her powers so that she doesn't become the big bad for, you know, a future film or, you know, maybe an entire phase. I don't think they're willing to go that road. How crazy would it be if they did, though? It would be, and I would love to see it. Um, I think they're probably going to ultimately heal her within the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness film so that she can be a fully reintegrated Scarlet Witch um, who doesn't have the mental um, issues and uh, an inability to control her power that we know the comic book counterpart to have. Yeah. I think either way it will be cool. You yeah. know, like I'm, I'm down to see where it goes. Um, like I said, I, I went into this with pretty high expectations, and I, and I, honestly, I think it exceeded them. Like it, it did you exactly know. what I wanted it to do. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's going too far enough, which is what I needed it to do. Uh, yeah. I think the only other thing I wanted to touch on was, what did you guys think about the, uh, the length of the episodes? Were you surprised that they were so short? Um, I went in expecting them to be an hour each. I don't know why I expected that, but I think that was just kind of what I was thinking. Um, and do you think that this speaks to how long the other series will be? Or do you think that this is uniquely a shorter series? I Similarly, I was for some reason expecting like 45 minutes. I don't know why. Um, but I, I did expect like slightly longer content. And maybe that's just because I'm, I've become more accustomed to like these kinds of shows uh, being like that and um, but as for what it as for the length I think they're fine especially considering the style that they're aping 
I, I don't have any issue with that. And yeah. it felt like enough because they, they, this first batch came out in two. It felt like enough for me and that, that was satisfying. But for future series, maybe it'll vary. I don't think that this is necessarily indicative of future show lengths as much as this is perhaps a stylistic choice. Yeah, because they are aping the sitcom thing. Right. So uh, I think it's more so that then this is just the status quo for shows moving forward. But um, either way, I wasn't too bothered by it. So I already knew that it was going to be 30 minutes. Uh, they're actually not even 30 minutes. There's like six minutes worth of credits. Yeah, they're like 20 yeah. minutes. There's the fake credits and then like and then the real credits. So they're super short. And that was okay with me because... Again, sitcoms are not actually thirty minutes, even though they're billed as such. Um, and you know, we know we know what what comes with that package. Uh, I don't also think this is indicative of the future, at least not for something like Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I would imagine will stray closer to a, about an hour. But I could see something like, for example, the She Hulk show being a half an hour, or like what or, if. What if? Certain, I mean, what if being animated? There's no way it's going to be an hour each. That'd be yeah. crazy expensive. That'd be fucking um, Ms. sick. <laughs> yeah, Miss Marvel likely in my mind would be like a half an hour. And so I think they're going to do it case by case. I think that um, every show is different, and that is exciting to me that there's not a linear format for what we can expect. Compare this to the Netflix shows where every one of them felt the same mm-hmm. quality. Out the window, every one of them felt essentially the same. The same in tone, at least. Right. Um, and I don't think that that's what we can expect pretty much at all. No, yeah, which is – that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up is I, I, I find that to be really exciting because I was actually thinking about it and I was like, oh, can you imagine if like uh, – say Sean's theory is correct, right? And the next two episodes are – are both uh, still sitcom oriented and they're only like 20 minutes and then the last three are like an hour. And, like, they can, like, experiment with the format in that way because who cares, right? What does it matter? Um, right. They're not – they don't have anyone – To answer to. Like, it's not television. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, The Mandalorian is, like, more of, like, an hour, like, premium format kind of show like that. So um, the idea that we could experiment, you know, and, like, let each show be what it wants to be and what it, what it needs to be rather than, like – to check some box or like meet some mandate is uh, an exciting possibility. And I think it speaks to, again, um, the the th- enthusiasm that I have about these shows is that like they can be free in ways that the movies can't like this, this as a concept wouldn't work as a movie, um, but it's perfect as a TV show. And I, I'm fucking really into it. I'm here for it. Absolutely. So again, come hang out with us. In our own little bubble, as we review the show each and every single week for you guys, we watch WandaVision, and so do you. So write in, let us know your thoughts on the show, let us know how you're enjoying it, what you expect from future episodes, your favorite moments, etc., etc. You can get us all over the place on social media with the Comics Pals, on uh, YouTube with the Comics Pals, you can leave us a comment. Like the video, subscribe to our channel if you want more content like this, all that good stuff. 
Uh, if you want to write in, you can do so by hitting us at the comicspals at gmail.com. We've got a Discord server you can join as well, which you can reach from the description below. We have All a brand new channel just dedicated to talking about TV now. Come talk about WandaVision. Yes, yes, <laughs> on the Discord server. Uh, and yeah, if you're not a normal listener of our show and you enjoyed this, go head on over and listen to the Comics Pals proper because we do weekly episodes where we talk about the comics, we talk about the movies, we talk about a lot of things as it relates to these characters that you know and love so much. So come hang out with us, join the party, and um, we'll see you next time on We Watch WandaVision. See you next what week. If it's, what care, if it's guys. so meta that when we watched Watchmen, we were the ones watching Watchmen because who watches the Watchmen? Us, right? We. So we what if we watching wandavision is us watching wandavision but people watching us watch wandavision well what if we're the vision in wandavision because we are visioning the show fuck i hate you guys